Stefan, welcome to Women of Impact. Thank you for having me. Dude, I'm so excited to talk to you today <laughs> because you know me, I'm all about empowering women, especially when it comes to relationships. And so where I want to start with you is addressing there's a big difference between someone using you, playing you, trying to trick you, and us sometimes accidentally misreading things where someone isn't trying to use you and we're misinterpreting their actions. Yeah. And so where I want to start is what are the things that you notice that men do that us women actually misinterpret? So there's so many ways to go with this, but the one I, I feel like I have to mention is the misinterpreting of a man chasing you, okay? And the reason why to me this is so important is because what I'm seeing from a lot of women, and this has been going on for centuries, okay? Women's believing in, the, you know, the man should pursue. For those who are spiritual, they'll use the scripture, he who finds a wife. And so they're, dis they're gauging who should they give their interest to or attention to based on who is chasing after them. Not realizing that him chasing you is not always the greatest indicator that he's serious about you or that he has genuine intention. There's a quote that I love repeating that says, it is easier to chase lust than it is to chase love, all right? And especially in today's world where so many men have been damaged, so many men have gone through uh, hurtful relationships and been disappointed, to chase someone that they love has become much harder. It's scarier, it's too vulnerable. There's so many reasons why he may pull back. And now that woman is interpreting his pulling back or his hesitation as he's not serious. No, he's just scared. But the guy who's going full force, he may just be so infatuated right now that he will do anything to get you. But what you'll notice if you start studying these relationships where men had to chase, he chases, he gets you, and then his mentality is, okay, now it's my turn. <laughs> now you have to do for me. Or he chases, he gets you, and now the effort stops because he got what he wanted. He was never really into the woman. He was into whatever he attached himself to that he was obsessively trying to acquire. And so a lot of women have to understand that by allowing this man, by using chasing as a method of determining who's for you or not is already a bad formula, as well as it sets them up now for not, for overlooking how interested are you in him. Hmm. So essentially, if you have to let a man chase you, because what I've learned is this, when a woman really likes a guy, she has to convince herself not to do too much. Right? Like you're in the mirror coaching yourself, like, don't call him girl, just, just wait. So <laughs> don't do this, don't do that. Because when a woman is really into guys, she naturally wants to pour into mm. him. She wants to do for him. So when you're able to just sit back and do nothing, there's probably a, that's probably a good sign that you're not really that into him. However, because women are holding on to the chasing as a way to evaluate things, she convinces herself, well, because he loves me so much, it's safe here. Let me be with this guy. But it actually isn't. And it actually leads to bigger problems later. Oh my God, that's so good. Uh, like, listen, like, because it all comes down to frame of reference. And I love that you said that. It never dawned on me. But like our frame of reference is that you're right. Like, I'm just going to speak for myself. Mm -hmm. So when I first met my husband on that first day, I was, oh my God, I was like, I just want to see him again. He's so hot. <laughs> like, oh my God. Like, I was just infatuated by him. Now, he ended up being my husband for 20 years. We just yeah. celebrated our wedding anniversary. <laughs> Thank God. Yeah. But I remember thinking to myself, to your point, 
we don't call him Lisa, you don't want to show that you're too keen. So, you know, like, because my natural inclination is to like keep pouring myself in. And so going back to how um, my fundamental way of seeing things, if I see a guy chasing me, I perceive it to be the same way that I would think that me going after a guy, like, oh, he must like me mm -hmm. because I would do the same. Exactly. But it doesn't always mean that. Now, don't get me wrong. It's not to say, and I think as we go through this discussion, a woman has to understand you have to look at the overall picture. Mm -hmm. So we're going to talk about little different things that, yes, can give a hint and give you some kind of idea of what's going on, but it doesn't give you the full answer by itself. Right. So I don't want to say that chasing alone automatically means he's <laughs> right. just infatuated and he's not going to be serious. I will say, though, that you find, as, 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 as long as we're talking about older men, so let's just say men over the age of 28, Really? All right. Why? The reason why I say over the age of 28 is because when a man is younger, one, he has more time to chase. So I think that's the other thing that a lot of women have overlooked. When he's in school, whether it be high school, college, whatever, he doesn't have responsibilities. He doesn't have things that he has to worry about. He's not he's probably not building a business, though in today's world there's a lot more younger men doing that, but he has more available time to obsess over you, to chase you, to call you, to all do all these things. As a man gets older, his time becomes more limited. So again, there are women who would assume, oh, well, he doesn't call me as often as I would like, or maybe she's accustomed to, right? And now she perceives that as he's not serious. No, he just may not be as available. Now, I don't want that to get confused with not calling you at all or, or not pouring into the attention that you need, However, we have to be very careful with how we evaluate that because one man may have 10 hours of his day to give you. The other guy only has five hours that he can pull from. They don't have the same amount. So this guy who has 10 hours can do everything for you. And that's why you'll see some of these women where they become attached to very toxic, unhealthy, and more specifically, bum men, men who have nothing going on for themselves because they get so attached to the attention he's showing her but not understanding that he can do that. He, he has way more time to get, he doesn't go to work. <laughs> what, what else is he gonna do but call you and FaceTime you, you see? And, and you're over here thinking that he wants you more than the guy who's busy, but you're not understanding he's building something. He's working towards something. He has to be more careful with how he manages his time. As well as, as the man gets older, he's been through more things in life. As men are younger, they haven't been through that first heartbreak yet. It's so much easier to go hard and go fast. Same thing happens to women. I always say if you if a woman goes back to her first love, and we're gonna we're gonna subtract women who have gone through any kind of childhood trauma and family dysfunction because that can change everything. Mm -hmm. But outside of that, when you look back to your first love, you will as you mentioned in your experience, you're Google Gaga over the guy. You, you're you're writing his name on notebooks if you're in school. You're, you're dreaming in about school, him. I was 21 and still yeah. doing that. <laughs> it could be college, you know. But yeah, so because you have not been hurt yet, your willingness to dive head first into whether it be love, infatuation, whatever it is, you're not holding back as much. Once a woman gets hurt, she has this moment of, I will never let this happen to me again. Now she becomes so much more cautious. Now she's, instead of jumping in the pool, you're, you're putting your toe in the water, seeing what the temperature is. You're, you know, you're going to be a lot more uh, mindful 
And, and you're going to be a lot more afraid. Let's just call it what it is, all right? Because when you've had heartbreak, you know the pain and you know how hard it is to overcome. Exactly. And then the mistake that women make is not realizing that men go through the same thing. Mm. There's this idea that men don't have feelings or that men are not being heartbroken by women out there. I can't tell you how many times I've been at events where men have come to me shattered by situ. I had one guy who he was uh, engaged to a woman right before, I think a couple months before they were supposed to uh, get married and he was in medical school. She breaks off the engagement. And I know, I don't know the whole story. There might be some things that he was doing wrong, but I'm a pretty good judge of character. And I know this was a really nice guy. I think that might have been part of the problem that she was not as excited, intrigued into this man, and she was convincing herself for a long time she could do this, but then realized, I can't do this any longer. It shattered him so much, he dropped out of medical school, all right? And he was, when he came to me, he was trying to recover and figure out you know, how he can bounce back from this. But all that to say, because men go through these things as well, I, and again, I use 28 as a reference point. It's not an exact study that was done to say it's 28. Right, but but at that point, he's more than likely gone through a heartbreak. Mm. So now, the guy over 28 is not going to be as quick to chase. He's not going to be as quick to dive in head first. And again, the woman may assume he's not serious. No, he's afraid, just as you are afraid. Now, that isn't an excuse. That isn't to make it okay. I believe everyone needs to take time to heal so that we're not playing these games or getting, allowing fear to, to control us and consume us. But we have to be aware of this reality because there are a lot of potential relationships, great relationships, even people who should be together, like as in the one for each other. And it all fell apart because they were both scared. Mm. But, it, but they both interpreted or misinterpreted hesitation for a lack of seriousness, not being genuine, all these different things. So what the hell do you do in those situations <laughs> then? Come on, Stefan, you can't leave me hanging. Because like, I, I totally hear what you're saying. Like, We get taught lessons, right? And so if you've been taught that you give yourself over and you hurt, you know, you, they, someone abuses it or someone uses you, you're more reluctant to give it over again. And so now, especially if you have two people that have coming from that, how in those moments, what are the things and how do we navigate those situations so that you don't maybe um, turn your back to someone that actually is the one for you? Okay, so the first big step is do not internalize their actions. So I'll give you an example. I was recently at an event. Uh, there was a woman who she met a guy at a previous event months ago. They hit it off, but for various reasons, he was hesitant with moving forward, right? So after they hung out a couple more times, he kind of fell back. So when she was talking to me about it, she was like, you know, he didn't care. He, and, I, and, and she was hurt by the fact that he could go from supposedly being so into her to now being completely detached from her. And she viewed it as he was never serious. He was playing games. No, the actuality was, or the truth of it was, he pulled back because he could not handle continuously interacting with her and knowing he's not ready for the full relationship yet because he came from overseas, he's still trying to establish himself right now. So to him, it's like, if I'm not ready to give to this woman and I do view this woman as who I want to be with, rather than playing this gray area and staying in contact where it's only gonna make feelings stronger, make things harder, let me pull back. So by her viewing his actions as something against her, now if he does come back, 
you're going to be resenting him. Mm -hmm. You're going to be holding on to anger. You're going to be holding on to how dare you think you could just stop talking to me and now return. But in reality, he did that out of protection for self. He did that out of protection for her as well because he knew this was only going to get more intense if we continue like this, but he knew he was not ready to give her what she deserved and what she needed. So when we stop internalizing, we ensure that we don't carry negative energy from whatever happened to whatever could happen. Because here's the thing that happens with a lot of individuals, and, and I'll say specifically to people who I believe have a connection with each other. Because to me, connection is the deepest experience we can have. It's not something that we have with everybody. I always say that connection always comes back around. So what you'll find is in most cases, connection doesn't work the first time they come together, but then there's an opportunity later to make it work. The problem is what has been done in between those two moments. So two people meet, they experience this amazing connection. One or both parties are not ready for various reasons. Maybe they're in a relationship, maybe they're scared, whatever the case, maybe it's long distance. Now they pull away. But because, again, we internalize what they did, we now use that anger, that resentment, that hurt to break free from the situation. Right. In breaking free, what, this, what do people typically do? They go find someone else to be with. So now you get in a new relationship that you don't really belong in, that you're not truly happy in, but is good enough to now accept into your life and helps you cope with what you weren't able to have with your last person that you have the connection with. Or maybe you have kids now, all right? Or maybe you, you focus so much on career because you're like, well, you know what, F these men. I'm tired of this. I'm just going to focus on me. But again, you're doing it as a defense mechanism, not as in this is your calling in the moment, not this is where God or your spirit or whatever is telling you to go. No, it's your fear or your pride mm. or your anger saying, let me go here so I don't have to deal with this. And now let's say you build up this career now the man comes back around. And when I say he comes back around, you guys cross paths. Somehow, mm -hmm. some way, you guys meet back up. But now it's, I have kids. Now it's, I'm in this relationship. Now it's, I'm in this career that doesn't allow me to embrace this situation and this, and this moment the way mm -hmm. I should. So a lot of people have to learn, yes, stop internalizing. Because what many people are doing is they're reacting out of a protection for self, not out of a malicious intent to hurt you, betray you, or anything. And I know that may be very hard for people to decipher when it's like, okay, well, when do I know it's that versus someone who doesn't care that about That was going to be my next question, <laughs> Stefan. <laughs> so I think this is where people have to really get in tune with themselves. Hmm. And since we're talking more to women right now, I believe that women's intuition is one of the most amazing blessings on the face of this earth. <laughs> you know, I... I'm a strong believer and supporter of women needing to get in tune with it. The problem is women have become so detached from it. Mm. Women don't trust it anymore. Women have allowed their logical mind. And let me, say, let me make sure I'm saying this clearly so people don't take it the wrong way. Because I do believe that the strength of the man is the logical mind. The strength of the woman is the intuition mind, or however you want to phrase that. Not that both sides don't have both. Men have, can have intuition. Women, of course, can use logic. But one is your greater strength, mm -hmm. at least typically for men and for women. However, women in today's society, even more specifically, have been pushed toward the logical mind. And that's not their strength. And so now what do you see more women doing? Overanalyzing, being in their head 24 seven, 
driving themselves crazy, stressing themselves out, trying to logically analyze something that if they would just quiet noise, take a step back and listen to themselves, their spirit, their, their inner voice, they would have the answer. Hmm. You're, you're going through all these different people and you're trying to evaluate these different scenarios, but deep inside you know. Every woman that I have sat with that is divorced and I ask them like, did you ever know this wasn't the man for you? They all say yes. I've yet to meet a woman that says she saw no red flags, there was nothing within her telling her something was off. She was completely 100% sold, this was it. And even more specifically, those who are believers and they pray to God, I'll say, did you ask God if you should marry this man? 90% say no, 10% will say they asked, God told them no, and they still married the man. Mm. All that shows is that women, they they know, they know, but they rationalize past their intuition. And so so in understanding what kind of guy you're dealing with, it's a two-part thing. It's not ignoring your intuition, just listening to it. Because a woman can know on the first conversation, this isn't going to work, all right? But she finds reasons to convince herself, let me give this a chance, Mm. which only leads to bigger problems later. Why is that? Why? Yeah. Because the woman so desperately, and I hate to use the word desperately, but that's what it is in a lot of cases, so desperately wants to have the relationship work. Mm. She's reached a point where she wants marriage or she wants relationship or she wants this specific guy for whatever reason. Like I always say, women know intuition and connection better than men. But when they meet a guy they want, all that goes out the window. They forget about it. It's no longer about do we connect. Now it's, oh, well, we have great chemistry or, oh, but this is nice or I like how he does this. She finds reasons because she wants to hold on to this. And again, she leaves her her spirit, her intuition and goes into her logic. Her logic says this is too great of a guy to pass up. So I cannot let these things that are telling me deep inside that this isn't going to work to get in the way. No, 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 no. I have to figure out how to make this work. And I will convince myself that I'm just crazy right now or I'm, you know, I'm just in my own head. No, listen to what your inner voice is telling you. Because in doing that, I'm telling you, there's so many women who would see so much clearer if they learn to do that. I think also getting in better tune with your feelings and being honest with yourself about it. Mm. What I mean by that is this. When a woman can honestly say she is in love with a man or she feels a genuine connection with a man, and let me be very specific because I feel the need to say this, this may sound bad, but I'm going to be very transparent right now. There have been women who have reached out to me personally who watch my videos and they're on my social media, and they'll say, I feel a connection to you. And I have to explain to them, like, no, what you're, you're feeling drawn to me by this information that resonates with you. You're feeling drawn to me because the way I speak sounds it's very personal. You're feeling drawn to me because maybe I'm touching on points that are happening right now in your life. But connection is a two-way experience. And you can't say I have this connection with someone. And we've never even talked. Mm. You, you, you may feel drawn to that person. That's fair. You could say that. You may have a great desire for them. You may admire them. But to say you have a connection, it's something that you're going to experience once we sit down, talk. And again, you have to be honest with yourself. Is it connection you're feeling or infatuation? Is it that I'm so 
in love with the perception of this man I have rather than the reality of this man. Because to me, it's like if I sat down and talked to you and I know my energy was off that day and that doesn't typically happen, but let's just say <laughs> it's like, what? it was bad, okay? <laughs> let's say you caught me in a bad moment and I didn't handle it well. You can't come out of that and convince me that you experienced a connection with me in that moment. Mm. I didn't give you anything to work with. You see what I'm saying? So it's like to say you have a connection with a man you haven't even spoken to, he's giving you nothing to work with yet. So let's keep that in mind when we talk about connection. But I think that when you can honestly say you've gone this date with this man or you have phone conversations with him, you know when you feel something's there, you know, and you feel that it's strong. And again, it's a two-way thing. When people have a genuine connection, they both are able to see it. Now, they both may not embrace it right now because, again, it scares people. So people will, will convince themselves, nah, maybe it, it's too soon. This, this can't be happening so fast, things like that. And it's like, no, it, in actuality, those who have real connections feel it pretty much immediate. Mm. It doesn't take a long time. If you have to cultivate it, that means you're just growing attached to this individual. It's not a connection there. But all that to bring it back to telling the difference, basically what I'm getting at is as you become more honest with self and more in tune with self about what you're really feeling here, it becomes easier to evaluate what's going on with them. So I'll give an example as a man. I may come across a woman and she's beautiful, great personality, everything's amazing with her. But if I'm honest with myself, my draw to her is more lustful than it is more about personality or something deeper or connection. And what happens as human beings, so men and women do this, because the lust is so strong and there's so many great things about them, we try to convince ourselves otherwise, like, no, this is really something here. But again, if you're honest with yourself, no, you know it's the lust that's carrying this. You know it's maybe he's rich and you don't want to pass up a rich guy right now. You know that's something else. Are you willing to be honest with yourself about it? Because once you can identify, if I know I am only pursuing you because of how lustful I am towards you, then I know that you wanting me is not true love either. Mm -hmm. Because, it's, again, it has to be two ways. So it can't be not true love on my end, but true love on your end. It doesn't work that way. Oh. You see? That's where, that's where we can evaluate better. So even going back to the example of chasing, if you know you're not really into this man, which is why you're even able to sit back and let him chase you, then there's no way that his pursuit of you is being about true love. He is obsessed. He is infatuated. And the reason why is because, again, true love requires a flow back and forth. If you're not really into him like that, what are you giving him to work with? You see, it's the same thing I mentioned about the connection. How can you say you have a connection with me? I've given you nothing to work with. That means it's not flowing back and forth. So unless that's there, that's how you know this is attachment, infatuation, obsession, everything else, not true love. And, and just for those, who, for anyone who may get confused, I want people to understand, because I think sometimes it's very, it's a lot of semantics with how we use these words. People describe connection differently. They describe love differently. So I just want to be specific in saying love in itself is something that you can give to anybody. All right. I can love the stranger tomorrow I come across. Love is about being kind, compassionate, mm -hmm. you know, uh, patient, all these different things. To me, being in love is where we're talking about romantically, where we're talking about connection, we're talking about everything coming together. Mm. That's in love. 
all right? So yes, there may have been people who pursued you, who loved you. They genuinely cared about you, but they are not in love with you when you're not in love with them. It doesn't work that way. Oh God, you did something, <laughs> you did something. Okay, the one thing, so let's start with intuition because yeah. that was so powerful. I think that as a woman, um, I've heard so much, right? Woman's intuition, and I've been the same where it's like, I try to be lo logical, and it's like, well, maybe this is my emotions taken away, and I feel this thing, I feel unease, but maybe I'm just being paranoid, right? Mm -hmm. Like, you kind of brush off that feeling. And so, <laughs> as you were describing it, I was laughing on the inside because what I started to do is I became logical about my intuition. <laughs> <laughs> so, I started to take inventory because I think intuition, it's not just there, it's like anything, it's a skill. And as a woman, mm -hmm. you've been trained on that skill since birth so as a woman that we're told that this is such a great thing for us to use and we don't how do I re-see this how do I train it how do I lean into it more and so I started to take inventory on my intuition so if I was getting a gut feeling about someone I would write it down mm. and instead of me reacting to it immediately based on all my past history of like oh my god he's using you because he did this one thing and then you freak out it's just like okay let me actually sit back let me see if this is intuition or just past experiences that has raised a flag that may not actually be a flag that's there yeah. and I started to take inventory and then every time something would happen, I'd go back to my inventory and be like, oh, well, how did I, did I, did I predict this? Did I think this? And then over time, just like any skill, I started to trust it more. Mm -hmm. And so to your point about intuition with women, when it comes to dating, when it comes to, you know, perceiving people, um, I just wanted to say, like, I totally agree. And for any woman out there right now that isn't quite sure how to tap into their intuition, that was just a quick little uh, lowdown of how I, I did. Um, and so thank you for expressing that. I love that My pleasure. you um, obviously recognize the superpower within <laughs> us. Um, and then something else you had said was like how if you go to, you know, a relationship or you the chasing, right? If you perceive that as this means he's into me and if he doesn't, then he's not. Um, I'd love to talk about dating these days um, because... I'm finding my single female friends are having a lot more issues than they did five, 10 years ago yeah. on interpreting someone's actions. And what I mean by that is I have some friends that are very traditional and in their tradition it's like you go out for dinner, the man picks you up, he takes you out, he pays for it. And that's just what they are looking for. Yes. And so one of my friends who's very traditional <laughs> turns around to me and is like, Lisa, I went on this date and I'm sitting there and he's looking at me when the bill comes. And immediately, she's like, oh, he's done. Nope, I'm never, not a second date, <laughs> hell to the no, right? And she kind of just looks at him and she just is like, the kind of, you know, just like shows him the bill. And he turned around, he's like, thank God. And she's like, what? He's like, I'm so glad you said that. She's like, what? Like, surreal, what is happening right now? And he was said, he went on a date the week before, he went to pay for the bill and the woman freaked out. What, I can't take care of my own bill? You think that I'm incompetent? Here's a man again thinking I can't pay mm -hmm. for myself. So he goes on another date with my friend. He's petrified because he thinks he doesn't want to disrespect the woman. So he doesn't want to offer to pay because he doesn't want to disrespect her. Because a week ago, he just learned that. And she's sitting there in her own mind, in her own um, morals, beliefs, ways that she wants to be treated, ways she wants a partner to show up, she now feels disrespected because he doesn't offer to pay. 
So how do you, have you heard about these, these types of struggles these days with women? <laughs> how would you deal with those situations and know whether it's, oh, he's just like this and he thinks, I'm not freaking paying for you, mm -hmm. right? A personality trait or someone who's being um, respectful and trying to work around your boundaries. I'm going to be utterly honest. There is little more damaging to your confidence than feeling weak and helpless and just struggling to get the care that you actually need from your doctor. And trust me, guys, I unfortunately speak from experience because when I was struggling with crippling, crippling gut issues about nine years ago now, it took me years, years to find a doctor that not only could I connect with, but a doctor that actually would listen, wouldn't gaslight me and actually take my words and my experience as truth so that they could actually eventually help me heal and not just to give me another freaking pill and then push me out the door. But now, my homie, you don't have to struggle to find the right doctor for you anymore. And that's thanks to ZocDoc. ZocDoc is an absolutely free app and website where you can search and compare highly rated in-network doctors near you and then instantly book appointments with them online. And with ZocDoc, you can actually filter by insurance, location and specialities to find the perfect fit for you, not for your friend, not for anyone else, but for you. Plus, on top of that, you can actually go and read verified reviews from real patients to find the doctor that you can actually trust. And typically, wait times for booking an appointment are days, not weeks. Because let's face it, when you're sick, you need to see someone right now. So my homie, do not, I repeat, do not neglect your health. Instead, go over to ZocDoc.com slash Lisa and download the ZocDoc app for absolutely free. Then find and book a top rated doctor today. That's ZocDoc, Z-O-C-D-O-C dot com slash Lisa. ZocDoc.com slash Lisa. So the key is, I, I tell anyone who watches my video, I say, listen, red flags are not see it, run. Red flags are see it, address it. Then if it's not corrected, walk away. Mm -hmm. So the, the, the way to solve all this, and I'm glad, I'm so happy you brought up that example because it is happening more often than people realize in so many different ways. Let me just mention real quick, on the internet, there are men who give other men advice, and I'm not calling anyone out specifically, and this is no shade, but men who give advice on tactics to make that woman want you that involve things like backhanded compliments, that involve things like ignoring her, that mm -hmm. don't treat her this kind of way. There's a quote that says, if you treat her like a celebrity, she'll treat you like a fan, okay? And so the... I think women assume that when men engage in some of these things, it's automatically he's a player, he's trying to use me. No, he's a man who's actually trying to win you over but has, is implementing bad advice. The same way it happens to women. There are women who behave and do certain things not because that's who they are, not because that's their character, but it was the advice they were given. And unfortunately, society in this microwave society that we have if they don't see it the way they want right away, it's like you said, hell no, I'm out. This is not going to work. Rather than no, discuss it because it may simply be a misunderstanding. And you will see because in using your example, if this guy was the guy who really believes, no, you, we should be going half and half. And I don't believe in paying for any woman's bills. He would make that clear. I think there's this mm -hmm. assumption that, oh, no, well, you can ask them and they'll lie. 
The average person, when you ask the right questions, doesn't lie. There are liars out there, but most people, when it comes to their personal beliefs and the way that they want to have their relationships, they're very honest. So broke men who don't want to spend money on you usually don't lie about wanting to spend money on you, okay? They're, they're not going to set up this whole idea that they're willing to spend. Now, are there men out there who will? Absolutely. But in most cases, no. In most cases, he will proudly say, oh, no, we do half and half over here. I believe in 50-50, boom, 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 boom. So you can rest assured that if you ask enough questions, he will show you who he is. Mm -hmm. And to me, that's how we need to better handle it rather than assuming things. Now, now granted, I, I would love for every man and every woman to understand what we may deem proper etiquette, but that's... That's too complicated in this world where, again, people have different value systems. So I can tell a man, hey, man, you should always be willing to pay for the date. Don't ever go there and not, not pay. But then look what happened to that guy. Mm. He paid and he got chewed out. But here's the other problem that I think both men and women have to understand. Stop doing what you think will work and do what works for you. So it's like, listen, I'll use me. I'm a man who believes in paying for the date. I don't believe in 50-50. I don't do 50-50, okay? So if I was that guy and I go on a date and I pay for it and now you chew me out for paying for it, I'm not going to stop paying for my dates. I just won't date you anymore because what works for me is paying. That's the way I work. I'm not deviating from that. We have to decide where, it, where do we draw our line in the sand. So even if you're a woman, if you're a woman who believes in the man paying and the man providing and all these things. I don't want you to go on a date and go Dutch because you think that's your way to get your foot in the door or because, you know, that's a better way for men to look upon you in favor. No, because you can't sustain that. And that's the thing. If this guy is truly a provider and he now uh, uh, accommodates this woman and, and changes his ways to try to be with her, Will you be happy now in this new role you've been forced in trying to keep this person? All right. Mm -hmm. Same way, if you're a woman and let's just say um, you, you are a career woman, you are some because I believe Listen, there are women out there who are wired to be homemakers. That's where their heart is. That's where they're going to be happiest and at peace. There are other women who are wired to do things. They want to create businesses or they want to jump on projects because that's what fuels them. And so now if you are the person who's fueled by projects and businesses and all these things, and you try to accept being a homemaker to make this man happy and to make it work, you've now robbed yourself of your own peace. You're not being true to yourself. You can't sustain this. You might keep it up for a while, but you're not going to be happy. And, and we can flip it the other way. There are women who really want to be at home, but they embrace being in a career to, to again, maybe it's their parents or someone told them you got to have your own thing or whatever the case may be, or they, they're seeing all these men who say you have to bring your own stuff to the table, whatever the case mm -hmm. may be, but you're not happy there. You can't sustain it. So now you get with a man who thinks you like or you're okay with this career lifestyle. Let's say five years into it, because at some point your true self is going to come out. We cannot keep up this, this other life forever. So at some point, you're going to come home like, I'm tired. Can I, I want to stay home with the kids. I don't want to do this. And he's going to look at you like, you, are you crazy? Like, I didn't sign up for this. 
Now there's a battle. Now you're forced to stay in this role that you never really liked. And yes, that can start all the way from the first <laughs> date. What are you presenting? Who are you really? What works for you? And now the, the goal should be not trying to fit into other people's lives, but seeing who we fit together with. All right. This is the life that I know I want to live. This is the life that this person wants to live. Does it come into alignment with each other? If it does, we got something. If it doesn't, don't force the issue. Oh my God, I love that so much. And that's exactly what my friend did on that day. She just communicated with him and was like, look, I'm the kind of girl, I like guys treating me to dinner. I don't need you to. I don't need you to buy me clothes. I, I earn my own money, but I like it. Mm -hmm. And so I, I really appreciated how upfront she was, honest she was. Um, and it's that thing that it wasn't out of a necessity, right? And she was like, look, I don't need you to, but I still want you to. And the fact that she was able to communicate, um, I know that they went on multiple dates. I'm actually not sure if she's still dating him, but she then was able to have multiple dates with him because she was able to communicate with him on that first date what mm -hmm. she was looking for. And I think that it was probably wonderful that he was also able to say his side of things as like, oh my God, thank God, you know, yeah. <laughs> and just like, and this is why I was like that. And I think when you're able to have those types of communication and transparency, it can really work. The problem is when it's your first day, you always put in your, your best foot forward. See, but, and, and that's what we need to change. It's, and again, it's not about, of course, I want your best self to show up, but it has to be your true self. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Best foot forward should not be how do I win the date over? Mm -hmm. Best foot forward should be, how do I show who I am to see if they really connect with me? That's best foot, best foot forward. And I think if we learn to accept that, and, and in accepting that, we have to understand everyone's not going to like us. You're not going to win every date. You, we have to approach dating not in a, I'm hoping for a second date. Approach it as in, I want to enjoy this experience, see if we connect, and we take it from there. That's it, all right? So if, if a second date doesn't happen, cool. I still enjoy myself as best as I could. I showed who I am, we keep it moving. Because what happens is when you're, tr when you're in the mindset of trying to win this person over, one, you lose yourself in that process, all right? But two, you end up holding on to someone mm. who never belonged in your life to begin with. Which brings it to number three. Now you develop what I call dating fatigue because now you're only prolonging the inevitable. Whether it's date five, whether it's five months into the relationship, whether it's five years into a marriage, at some point, the true selves are going to show up. And if they don't align, we have a problem now. And this is gonna fall apart, all right? And if even, and if you, some people stay together, but they stay together in misery, all right? The quality of this experience goes completely out, uh, to the left, goes down the drain. So why even set ourselves up for that? From the jump, be who you are. And if they don't like it, cool, cool. That just means you're moving on faster down the path of receiving the person who is for you. Uh, I've got one of, your, uh, one of my favorite quotes of yours. You will never be good enough for the wrong person. Absolutely. <laughs> oh, I was like, that's so good. Like, that is so good. And so as you're talking, it's like, okay, if you show up to be your true self and the other person doesn't feel right, then don't try and change you. It's not about you not being good enough. It's about that no matter who, like, how you try and shape yourself, it's the wrong person so they'll never be right. It's, and let me say this, because I, I, I don't want the audience to misunderstand something. We have to also learn what truly is who we are and who we're choosing to be. 
Go on. So <laughs> <laughs> let's say, for example, and I, I've had some women say they're not affectionate people. All right. Now, I'm not I'm a firm believer that that doesn't truly exist. All right. I'm not mm -hmm. saying I couldn't be wrong, but I believe that the issue isn't that you're not affectionate is that you fear being vulnerable because being affectionate is a level of vulnerability mm -hmm. that is required in that exchange. And so there's something that has made you uncomfortable with this. Okay. Now I've yet to find a successful relationship that doesn't have healthy affection. Mm -hmm. So if, if you come across someone and they say, well, you know what? I like you, but you're just not affectionate. I don't want you to say, oh, well, that's just how I am. End of story. Because that's something, it's not who you are. It's something that you need to improve. You need to recognize that's an issue. We have to be honest with ourselves about what are unhealthy things and what are going to cause problems in any relationship. All right. And the reality is that even if you convince yourself, well, there's other non-affectionate people. How often have you seen two people who are not affectionate be very happy with each other over the long term? Hmm. Because again, it's not really who they are. What's really happening is it's two people holding on to deeper issues that don't allow them to be affectionate. And so now you can't be happy in that relationship because the other issues will rear its ugly face in other ways. Mm -hmm. And it speaks to a greater disconnect within self. Because think about this, as children, what do we do? We cry to be held. No one told us to want to be held and, and to enjoy affection and love. We're wired that way. So to tell me as an adult that I'm just not like that, no. To another example is people who are blunt, all right? Now, I'm someone who is very blunt. And when I was- One of the many things I love about you, by <laughs> the way, you. let me just say. <laughs> but let me tell you, when I was younger, I, I disguised it as I was blunt without tact. Okay, yeah. All right? That's... I just let it fly. And my whole defense was, well, I'm just being real. I'm just honest. Mm -hmm. The problem wasn't me, it's you. You can't handle my honesty. And I had to learn that, no, I was an asshole. That, that's the bottom line. I, I was a professional asshole, okay? <laughs> and, and, and I I thought it was, I convinced myself this was okay. But I had to learn that, no, you have a responsibility in how you deliver your message. Mm -hmm. So I don't, so who I am is blunt, yes. But who I am not is being rude and crass and, and being uh, uh, lacking compassion with how people feel when I ex express certain things. So the key is not to stop being honest and blunt. I just had to learn how to do it with love, with compassion, with an understanding of how people receive me, learning how to be more in tune with self and other individuals so that I can relay this message in a way that you can receive. I had to accept the reality is you either want to be heard or you want to be received. I want to be received always. So I'm always going to be mindful of how I give a message. So all that to say, these are examples of be, again, being rude, lacking, not being affectionate, they're not who you are. They're symptoms of other issues we have not resolved. Mm -hmm. Recognize those things. But, and you can always recognize them by asking yourself, will this make a relationship better? All right? Yeah. Lacking affection is not going to make a relationship better. Even if you guys can somehow tolerate it, it doesn't make it better. Mm -hmm. All right? Being so blunt to where you're not even concerning yourself with their feelings does not make a relationship better. Because once someone is emotionally invested in you, they're way more sensitive to your words. So if you can't learn to even speak to your partner correctly, you're gonna have a big problem on your hands. So anything you can recognize as not making a relationship better means you need to correct the issue. And again, 
there may be a part of that that is who you are, but there's a better version of it you need to reach. So um, you mentioned earlier, and I didn't want to interrupt you, but it was so powerful, and I bet you everyone at home is like, thank you, Lisa, for asking this question. <laughs> What's the difference between connection and chemistry? Because you said people may think it's connection, but it could be chemistry. Yes. In fact, you talk about the three C's. Let's go back to that. Chemistry, compatibility, and connection. Okay. Can you break those three down and let us know which ones are they necessary or all three necessary or only one necessary? Okay, so let's start with compatibility. Compatibility to me is more of a logical approach to do these two people fit together? So it's like, oh, okay, they come from the same background, they like the same things. It's basically on paper, they are compatible, which is why if you go to a dating site, they can match people based off of compatibility. But the reality is that it doesn't always actually work out, all right? <laughs> because compatibility is just one layer of it. And I'll be honest with you, it is the least needed layer, oh. all right? Because again, compatibility is also based off of what we've been taught, social constructs of what should fit together. Meaning, if you had, think about if you're in a society that has a class system and you come from the upper class and you meet someone from the lower class. Well, society tells you, you two are not compatible. You don't belong together. You're from different classes. But you two may experience the most amazing connection ever. Mm -hmm. And because you're caught up in compatibility and what society says, you will pass on that person. I actually had a woman who... She was dating a guy. I, I don't remember what her job was, but I know she was high-earning woman, very successful. She met a man. I want to say he was a garbage man. I'm not 100% sure, but I know his job was not prestigious, all right? He wasn't broke, but nowhere near making her kind of money. They had an amazing connection, but she said her family would always say, he's not good enough for you. You should not be with this guy. He, he basically pursued her for eight months, after eight months, he finally gave up. After he gave up, she was mad and now saying, oh, he was never serious because he gave up. And I'm like, wait a minute, you made this man. <laughs> Poor guy, eight, eight months. Exactly, eight months. You have your whole family saying he's not good enough. For what do you want this man to do? And at no point did you fully embrace being with him. Yeah, and let's face it, if it was the other way around, and I had a friend that was a woman that was chasing a guy for eight months, I'd be like, homie, what are you doing? Exactly. Like, so, <laughs> I had, but it's funny how it's sometimes when it's reversed, it doesn't feel like that. You know, exactly. So, but that's a perfect example of, you know, sometimes compatibility, the way we view it can get in the way. Mm. Now, I do believe that there's a level of compatibility that is necessary as far as sharing the same values. All right. Yeah. We must share the same values. We must want the same things. That to me is a bigger form of compatibility. I think there are other some generic general ones we can use when it comes to compatibility, because I also believe that being compatible should be about bringing balance to each other. Hmm. All right. I think that some people make the mistake of looking for their match, looking for someone who's like them. And it's like, yeah, but now there's no balance in the relationship. Like to me, I'm very introverted. So I, being with another introverted person, I'm not saying that I would completely eliminate that possibility, but to me, it'd be more advantageous to be with someone who's a little more extroverted mm -hmm. because it creates a balance in this relationship. A balance when we have other things in place that allow us to respect and value our differences. Because if we don't have connection, which we'll get to in a few, we may see these differences as a clash. But when we have the other foundational pieces, we actually value these differences because they bring out different parts of us. 
and now we can enjoy that. Oh my God, that's so good. And can I just tell you, so that, I don't know if you know, but um, that was basically the issue with me and my husband. I, came, I come from a very traditional Greek Orthodox family mm-hmm. and my husband's a, a white boy from Tacoma. And so, <laughs> you know, my, when my dad met him, he was like, well, he, he, like, it can't work. Like, he was just like, of course it can't work. Like, he's not christened. He doesn't understand our religion. He, you know, um, doesn't come from England or understand, you know, the Cypriot life. And so he eats chicken nuggets and fries. <laughs> like, well, my, you know, we've got these big Greek dishes that are coming out and he wants fries. And, and so my dad was like, well, it can never work. And at the time, I perceived it to be about me. Like, I'm incapable of making it work. And what mm. I realized was, is to your point, is that sometimes actually it was the fact that we were so different that made us so beautifully like combined because he allowed me and asked me questions that I'd never considered even thinking through. Mm-hmm. So he would say, well, why do you believe in God? And you know, why do you want children? And I was like, and he's just like, I watch porn. And I'm like, who the hell is this guy? <laughs> like, you know, he was like, con- almost like completely going against everything I'd ever thought about what a first date would be mm-hmm. um, and what I thought was compatible. And I even said, I, I wouldn't have ticked all his boxes. like. Um, a dating app never would have put us together. Exactly. They wouldn't have put on us together. That's what I'm saying. And that's why I say compatibility is a more logical, on-paper approach, but it's shaped by people's personal perceptions. Because mm. what one person will say can be compatible, the next person might say differently. Mm-hmm. You know, and of course, these dating apps use all kinds of scientific studies, but still, they're shaping it based off certain references they have. But it doesn't tell the whole story. So chemistry, I would say, is a step up. Because now where compatibility is on paper and you can determine if people, well, people determine compatibility even just by looking at certain qualities that have been listed, chemistry requires two people actually mixing together, so to speak. You can't determine chemistry unless you guys actually engage and interact, Mm -hmm. right? And the thing with chemistry is that it is definitely an important piece of the puzzle. However, we have to understand that one, Chemistry is in greater abundance than connection, which we'll talk about. Because think about it. If you are a social person who has a great personality, you can have chemistry with a lot of people. It's not rare to come across a bunch of people you feel chemistry with because you know how to get along. You know how to fit with people. Chemistry is how we flow together, mm-hmm. how we're able to, to engage with each other, all these different things. As well as the fact that chemistry can be created. And I, and I always use the example of sports or corporations. We have team building exercises to build chemistry. Mm. We can put together five players on a basketball team who've never played together, and in time, they can learn to have chemistry. Mm. So you can create it and you can destroy it. Because the minute that someone wants to go off that path, chemistry is done. You can have two people who get along so well, but if this man or woman changes certain aspects about themselves, that chemistry can go away immediately. Or if they were presenting a false representative of themselves, you built chemistry based on the false representative. Now when the true self comes, chemistry gone. All right? Because again, it's a very fluid thing. Mm. It can come, it can go, you can get it back, you can lose it, all these things. And so a lot of women, they'll meet a guy. And one example I want to use, because I just come across it a lot and I find it very funny, is when people claim they have sexual chemistry with someone they haven't had sex with. <laughs> okay? And I'm like, so always... trying to process that right now. <laughs> How... Yeah, what does Think that... about that. Chemistry requires the two to actually engage and mix. How can you claim sexual chemistry without sex? 
what you're experiencing is attraction and maybe horniness happening all at the same time. Isn't that just being horny? (laughs) Yes, that's what it is. It's like we're both attracted, we're both a little horny, and we're both receptive to it. So this energy that we're feeling right now, we label it chemistry. But there are people who felt that, went into the bedroom, and it was trash, all right? Because it was never chemistry, okay? So we have this, this habit of mislabeling things and misinterpreting things and using this whole chemistry as validation for why we should move forward. No, there's more to it than that. So again, with chemistry, it's, it's, it's something that is more abundant and like I said, can be built, can be destroyed and you need it. You need it. So I I don't I don't discredit it as much as I would compatibility, but it is, uh, it's misused in a lot of situations, which now brings us to connection. Connection to me is the biggest piece of the puzzle. And when there is connection, there will be chemistry, all right? Compatibility, there's an argument there because again, what looks good on paper, because look at you and your husband, you guys could have chemistry and connection, but people will say, but you guys weren't compatible. So that can, that doesn't have to be there. Hmm. But chemistry, you guys, I'm sure, still had the chemistry, had the connection. And we work on that chemistry even to this day after 22 years later. But here's the thing. Connection is the glue that holds it all together. Mm. So people's ability to work through things are severely hindered when there is not a connection there. Mm. All right? There isn't that deeper draw to each other. And what I believe on a spiritual level is your spirit recognizing its match. Because they say spiritually things happen in the spirit realm before they happen in, in our world, so to speak. So it's almost like the spirit already knows this is who I'm supposed to be with. Mm. The spirit already knows this is who I can connect with or whatever the case may be. We, in our human form, however you want to phrase it, we just have to come to an acceptance of it. You see, people experience connection, but they struggle to accept the connection. Mm. Connection is also much more rare. If you were to survey people and ask them how many times have you experienced this deeper connection, at most you might hear is two times. And, And there's... There's other theories I have as to why it's so rare. One, I think it's just rare because it's not meant for, if we look at it again from a spiritual assignment type Mm -hmm. of perception, Mm -hmm. we're not assigned to everybody. We cannot be with just anybody. And some people will think you can just, I'm gonna speak on this real quick from a very Christian perspective, but I know that this doesn't apply to everyone. Everyone has different beliefs. But even if you look at it from that, from biblical perspectives, everyone did not come from the same tribe, so to speak. All right. And you were told, don't be with you can't be with someone outside the tribe. They will pull you away from God. Mm. They will pull you into their gods. All right. So let's just say every tribe has that belief system that, hey, you have to deal with the people within this circle because outside of that, it will pull you outside and now compromise where you're supposed to be. So no matter how you want to apply that, it just speaks to the fact that you can't just pick and choose who you want and say, we're going to make it work. And even if we take away spirituality for a second, I believe that we're all wired a certain way. Life isn't about making something of yourself or becoming who you want to be. It's discovering who you are and then bringing it to its fullest potential. All right. Like you ever see like there's kids who I've met so many adults where they're unhappy in their work life. And when you really dig deep into their lives, what they really want to do as an adult was something that they loved as a child. Yeah. It was always there, yeah. all right? 
Unfortunately, though, society derails kids mm -hmm. and says, no, you can't do this. This won't make enough money or this isn't prestigious enough or this or that. And so people go on a complete, in a completely different direction. And then what happens is by the time you become an adult and you can make your own decisions or you've gone so deep down the path of building whatever life that society, parents, whoever told you to, that now it's too scary to go in the direction that you're really called to mm. go into. And instead you stay where you're at because it's easier, all right? Same thing happens in relationships, I have to mention. Some people have gone so far off the path relationship-wise, maybe in the wrong relationship, that now even when they come across that person they have a connection with, it's too scary to now go over there. It's too scary to have to uproot your family, maybe if you have kids. And it's understandable, but this is what's happening to so many people. So going back to connection, again, I believe on a deeper level is our spirit. It's who we are assigned to, so to speak. Um, and it's the glue because whatever that draw is, it gives us that extra motivation, that extra strength to want to work through things. So I look at it like this. Like one of the things I always say is going back to sex. The key to great long lasting sex is connection. All right. There's a lot of people who think, well, no, I have to test drive before I get married or whatever, <laughs> because I got to know what I'm getting myself into. And those same people can tell you stories of how the sex was great in the beginning and then it went away. And you ask why? Like his, his thing didn't change. It's the same thing it was before, all right? <laughs> she, she's not much different than she was before. What has changed here? Well, one of the things that's changed is motivation to please you. Because initially my motivation was to impress you. My motivation was to get you to lure you in so I did everything I could to please you. But if at my core, I don't like who you are, I'm not in love with who you are, I'm not going to be as motivated to keep pouring into you. I believe a lot of people become narcissists in their relationship. They were not narcissistic in the beginning, which is why you didn't see it the way that you see it now. Mm. All right. Because sometimes what happens is if you have, I'll give an example. You have two people, they get together. They're not truly in love, but they become attached for various reasons. And initially because they're trying to make it work and it's fresh, it's new, or they're just happy to have someone, they go all out, right? But again, because there's not a connection, because they're not really in love with each other, at some point, they start to get more lackadaisical. They start to slack off, all right? They're not pouring into you the same way. They're not caring about your feelings the way they should. So now, whoever is getting the short end of the stick or the shorter end of the stick, it is very possible for them, or it can happen on either side, to now say, okay, I'm going to look out for me. Now it's all about me because I'm not getting what I need from my partner, so I'm going to make this all about me. Entering the narcissism, you see? But it's all stemmed from because you guys weren't really into each other, because you guys didn't have the connection, because true love did not exist here. And that's why when people will say, you know, the quote that says love conquers all, and people say, well, love didn't win here. No, love never existed there. <laughs> you guys were driven by something completely other than love. You just slapped the label on love of love on it and thought that would make it work. <laughs> no, you weren't being honest with yourselves about why are you really here? Why are you holding on to this person? Some of you are holding on because you're afraid to be alone, not because you love them. <laughs> Some of you are holding on because your parents pressured you saying, you're getting older, when you're gonna have babies, when you're gonna get married. And that got in your head. And so you forced the issue with a man that you don't really love like that. The single shaming is so real right now. Yes, yes. And the crazy thing is it happens to men too. 
Women don't know that or realize really? that. Yeah. Tell me. I've never heard a guy <laughs> yes. say, all my friends are like, I, people need to stop freaking single shaming me because it's kind of like, you haven't found a man yet. It's like, would you rather me be with the wrong person? But the older generation, they don't think like that. They it's don't. just about, well, you're single. It means that you're broken. It means there's something wrong with you. Yes. And so, one, they, they don't think about it being about true love, which is why it leads to so many mm. bad relationships because they're not brought together through love, which I, let me say this and I'm going to bring it back to men being single shamed. So I've had, I was at an event a couple months ago and a man brought up the point about arranged marriages mm. and how we should just go to a system of arranged marriages because they're way more successful. They stay together longer, all these things. And I said, no, you're evaluating success with longevity. Yes. And those things do not equal. All right. At least for me, I am about helping people create healthy, happy relationships, not just staying together just to stay together. So now as far as men being single shamed, I actually had a man a month ago. He called me. He was calling because he was going through a breakup. So he needed advice. And he told me how his father asked him, are you gay? He's like, you're gay. Are you gay? You know, you're still single. You're not married yet. You have no kids. What's the problem? And he was like, Dad, I'm not gay. I, it's, it's not that simple. And he's like, no, you're gay. The difference is this. Huh. Men do not talk about the pressures they go through as much as a woman will, especially, well, at least specifically, with, let's just say, with dating and relationships, all right? Because, again, does the man want to tell everyone how his father's asked him if he's gay because he's single? Mm. No. Does a man even want to talk about how, you know, his family's pressure him to have babies and stuff like that? No. And, and I think also because... To a certain extent, it may, I will say this, it may bother the man less than it bothers the woman. Oh, All right? It bothers him, but the pressure that, so the, if, if that same father gave the same equal amount of pressure to the woman and to the man, it would weigh on the woman more. All right? I think so, because society says that you should be married at this point, you should have kids at this yes. stage, and hey, you're just only getting older than what the old, especially women, right? It's like almost the older we get, the, the less. The harder it is, the less yes. we're pursued. Let's yes. just leave it like, as that. But exactly. I, I think that that's true. And, and, no, it is. It, it unfortunately is. You know, um, what, what I want women when they hear that to understand is, because I, I think that message is going around the Internet a lot. All right. That basically you're older. Some, some men are telling these women, you're older, it's done for you, it's a wrap. It's not a wrap. You, I, I was at an event the other day. I'm always at some event. <laughs> the event the other day, and uh, the guy on the panel with me said he knows a woman that's 60 years old just got married. I know a woman who at 41 got married and was a virgin for the majority of her life. Okay, I think all the way up to 40. So it's never a, it can't happen for you. Whenever you hear these messages, don't think like that. Yes, does it make things harder in the sense of does the pool shrink? Yes, but to me, the way we should look at it is you're not trying to get the whole pool. You're just mm. looking for one, mm. all right? So it doesn't matter if it went from, oh, okay, you went from a million available men to 500,000 available men. You still only need one of those guys. Mm. So don't let that make you think you can't have it if that's what you truly want and desire. I think it's always going to go back to are you willing to put in the work to receive what you want out of life? That's in any area, whether it be your health, whether it be relationships, whether it be financially, it's always going to be about are you willing to take the necessary steps? But yes, men are being single shamed plenty out there. <laughs> All right. Plenty It's happening on both sides. But going back to the discussion of um, 
the arranged marriages and things of that nature. Yeah, there's just so many people who they're not truly happy where they are. Like I make the argument that the majority of married people, the majority of couples are people in relationships with someone they don't have the strongest feelings for. Yeah, honestly, that is the most scary thing I think I could ever imagine. And me and my husband talk about this all the time. It's like, we won't even joke about the word divorce. In this household, like in the Billu household, it's called the D word. Mm. It's like used like Voldemort in like Harry Potter. It's like, you don't say that word. We don't joke about it. We don't pretend in an argument, in a fun time. Like mm -hmm. we just don't say it. But at the same time, we've both agreed that if, if we're unhappy, we go to therapy, we do everything we possibly can. We work at it. But that doesn't mean either of us are willing to be in a relationship where we're miserable. And so there is this like, we need, we both give each other the security to never joke about divorce because we are in it mm -hmm. to win it, you know? But at the same time, I don't want to live a, um, a loveless marriage. Like yes. you want to talk about a life that I, I, I think I would rather be single. I'd rather be single than be in a loveless marriage or in a marriage that has bed deaths where you're just not having sex anymore. And mm -hmm. now you're just like roommates. Like that is so heartbreaking. And actually this leads into something I've heard you talk about, about the fear of leaving unhealthy relationships and how a lot of us do stay in relationships way too long yeah. um, out of fear. And so I've heard you talk about many fears that we have, um, if you don't mind listing a couple of those, and then you've got such amazing advice over how to overcome those fears. Yeah, so a few of them, and we kind of mentioned it earlier, fear of being alone is a big one, all right? Um, and I'll just elaborate a little bit more on each one. So with the fear of being alone, you know, it's so common, even with men as well. I think that's another thing that gets overlooked, how many men do not like being by themselves, which is why it's so, it's so unfortunate and kind of crazy that there's so many women who really think men don't want relationships. And it's not true. They do. These men are not happy by themselves. But what we're magnifying is the small minority who gets more attention who may have more reason to not be quick to get in a relationship, who have more reasons to hype up a single life. But in reality, most of these men want to have somebody. Can I ask you a, a very, like, it could be controversial question. Go ahead. All right. Do they actually want a relationship or as they get older, they want someone to take care of them? Because <laughs> there's a big difference. Uh, yes. And, and, and I'll, I'll even say some of them are wait, are, want that same care even when they're younger. <laughs> right. I mean, that's true, right? So yeah. it's like that's very different and they want a relationship versus they actually don't want to be alone. And so they have someone to take care of. Yes. Yeah, so, OK. And that's a great point. So when we use the word relationship, they're looking for someone that can pour into them. There are a lot of men who, especially they've been coddled by their mothers, mm. they're looking for a new mother, you can say. A new mother who has sex with them, essentially, mm -hmm. okay? So that is having a lot. I do still say a lot more men than women realize do want a relationship, meaning they are fully prepared to pour into a woman. Many mm. of them to their own detriment, mm. all right? Which is another problem. See, what, what's, what gets overlooked is the millions of men who... Men have been sold the belief of if you love a woman, you put her on a pedestal, you love her to death, you cherish her, you do everything. And that actually is wrong, all right? Well, let me say this. It's missing context. Mm -hmm. So what I try to tease, I have a video I did on putting a woman on a pedestal. And my argument, my approach is 
You should put her on a pedestal, but she has to understand there are consequences. Now, when I say consequences, I don't mean that in a bad way or an abusive way or anything. It just means that, yes, I'm going to give you the world. I'm going to treat you like a queen. I'm going to love you. I'm going to adore you. But if you do not respect, honor, and pour back into me, you don't get to stay there. Mm. And, and removing the pedestal doesn't mean, oh, I'm going to treat you poorly. No, it means I'm going to leave you. I think the, one of the biggest mistakes a man or woman can make is to let someone think that no matter what they do, you will stay. Oh, God, yeah, okay? no. You see what I'm saying? <laughs> see, what you and Tom, what you described with Tom earlier about, you know, you guys uh, agreed, whenever there's an issue, you're going to go to therapy, you're going to do all these things. You guys have an understanding that, no, we're not going to stay in a loveless marriage. Mm. We're not going to be miserable. We're going to work to make it work. We're going to work to be happy, all right? But if someone thinks, I can just do nothing, and no matter if I want to, you know, treat you any kind of way, you're going to stick with me because you love me, guess what? It's, a, it's over. Mm -hmm. The quality of relationship is going down the drain. So I think that men have to understand that, yes, treat her. You, you want, like, you can't let someone think, you have to create an environment of why someone would want to even be here. All right? So that's the other thing. What's hitting mm -hmm. my spirit right now is this is the other issue that women are having as well. Going back to that whole letting a man chase you, letting a man pursue you, even the advice some women are given where uh, be with a man who loves you more than you love him. Oh, that breaks my heart. Yes. But the reverse does as well when guys say, well, a happy wife leads to a happy life. That also breaks my heart. Yes, exactly. It has to be a two-sided affair. Yeah. We have to be pouring into each other. What a lot of men and women are overlooking is the fact that in, these, in this new world of playing these games, so again, let him chase you, let him pursue you, all these things, you're neglecting the fact that you're not in creating an environment that he would want to be in. You see? So imagine mm. if, if I am a job, if I'm, this, if I'm Google or whoever, right, and I say, rather than treat you like an amazing employee, I'm going to make you earn, earn working here. So I'm going to treat you like crap, or I'm going to make you jump through all these hoops just to be able mm. to stay and work for me <laughs> at some point. I'm going to be like, I can't do this anymore. See, my obsession with working here, maybe because it's so prestigious, maybe because I thought there was to be a dream job, will fuel me for a while. But at some point, if I'm not being treated amazing, why would I want to stay? Or if I stay, why would I want to give maximum effort? So it's the same thing in romantic relationships. If you create an environment where he has to keep doing for you, keep doing for you, but you're not reciprocating, why would he want to stay or continue to pour into you? So you'll see this dynamic where women will say, you have these men who act perfect for the first three months and then it all goes away. And their way of explaining it is, these men are playing games. They're not serious. My explanation is, no, sometimes you weren't reciprocating. So why would he want to continue? He was serious. It is very rare for a man who is not genuinely serious to give you 100% maximum effort for a sustained amount of time. It doesn't work that way. Users and players understand they want to get the, the, the most for the least, all right? And their goal is to find a couple things you like to reel you in, but they can't nail them all. It's very rare. There may be, there's always exceptions to the rule. There's some guys who may be master manipulators who will cover all bases. That's extremely rare. Most guys, it's like, okay, he may buy you things, but he barely calls you and barely talks to you. All right. Or he may talk to you all the time, but when you're in his presence, 
He treats you like you're his slave and you got to do everything for him. He doesn't pour back into you. There's going to be something that's lacking that shows you he's not consistent across the board. So all that to say, we just have to be very mindful of in this dynamic, are we creating an environment that cultivates a healthy relationship? But, and the fear is always, well, I don't want to do too much because I'm going to get taken advantage of. Yes. Right? <laughs> but the thing is, how do you expose the person unless you give your true self? Meaning, I always say, like, you, what's the best way to see if someone's going to steal from you? To hide the money or to leave the money out and see what they do? That's so good. I've never All heard right? that. You're so much. So it's like, what's the best way to see if they'll take advantage of you? To give of yourself. And then once they cross lines that, that show you that they're going to take advantage, again, you first address it because it might just be a mistake. It might be a misunderstanding. Mm -hmm. But once it's addressed, if they correct it, problem solved. If they don't, they've exposed themselves. And would we not rather to have that exposed as quickly as possible? Yeah. You know, and I'm not saying act like his wife in the first couple of dates to expose him, but I'm saying this idea of holding so much back doesn't work in your favor. It works against you. Mm. You're only prolonging seeing what do you really have here. You, can, you can't see the connection as clear as you need to see it. You can't see their intentions as clear as you need to see it. And rather than being afraid of what they will do with it, be confident in yourself that you can handle it when that time comes. So it's almost like someone will say, well, I don't want to um, be affectionate on the date because then he may want sex but you can tell him no. <laughs> like, so don't be afraid that he may want it. The concern should be that if you tell him no, he doesn't respect it. Mm. And, and, and if you're still saying, well, how, you know, he might be abusive and take it further. Okay, so the precautions you can take are putting yourselves in environments that don't allow that to happen. Right. So, okay, we go to the restaurant. You can be affectionate in the restaurant. He can only go so far in the restaurant. You know, and once he shows he doesn't respect it, yes, now you know, oh, I can't deal with this guy. But you thinking I have to now be closed off and not affectionate because of how he might take it. Now he's over there thinking you're not interested in him. Mm. Dang, maybe she's not serious. Because for men, physical touch, affection, these are signals for them to see, oh, she actually likes me. So when you're withholding that, it's a problem. And we can just use all kinds of examples, but... I don't even know how we got to this no, part. No, I want but... to follow up with a question, though, before we go okay, off go the ahead, subject. Go this is so fascinating to me because this is one of these subjects that is so confusing. <laughs> so, like, one of the things me and my husband have spoken endlessly about is um, about having sex and, like, mm. the first time we had sex. And I remember on our first date and he was just like, you know, I don't, oh, I don't have sex on the first date. And I was like, oh, that's amazing. A guy that admits <laughs> that's fantastic. I'm really, now really comfortable. And then he tried it on with me. So I was like, I perceived you as a liar. And he was like, the truth was, he's like, I, I don't normally like to have sex on the first date. Like, he wants to get to know someone. And he was like, but then when we went back, he was like, he was so attracted to me. He's like, his impulse was just like, oh, well, let's just... And so I was like, but you know that I perceived you as a liar. And so that became almost like a little red flag on the early days. And so part of that as well is in that moment, I just had grew, grown up being told all the time, you don't sleep with the guy on the first date because he'll never call you back. Mm -hmm. And that's always very confusing because I had that idea in that first date. And so I was like, well, I'm not going to sleep with him because, you know, like I'm, I'm really enjoying his company. I want to meet up with him again. But it is rather confusing because it's like you are uh, sexually attracted to somebody and you're telling yourself you shouldn't because of the fear that he's going to show interest and then disappear. Mm -hmm. What is that about? 
Okay, so there's a lot of... <laughs> you got to dissect this, okay? <laughs> so <laughs> so let, let me see which way do I want to start with. So let me start with the, the fact that he told you he doesn't have sex on the first date, but still tried. Yeah. I believe that women should not evaluate the man based off the pursuit or the attempt. It's how he handles the rejection, okay? Because as pointed out in your example, it's true. It happens all the time where men can go into a situation saying, I will not try to have sex with this woman. But impulse, desire, attraction takes over and they push a little bit further than they planned. And like you said, a lot of women will perceive that as you play the game mm -hmm. to try to do that. And it's like, no, it just in that moment, that's what happened. How you will differentiate the man who's playing a game or the man who's genuine is if you tell him no, does he respect it? And if you tell him I want to wait, does he is he patient with you? A man who's genuinely trying to get to know you, who's serious about you, who likes you, is at least willing to be more patient. All right. Not every man's willing to wait till marriage or whatever the case may be, but he's going to be more willing to wait with you than he would with the woman he's not serious about. Because here's what it, it, it boils down to. It's kind of so I'm going to flip it real quick. There are men who have been coming to me complaining about how women want money so much, how they're meeting women. And within the first couple of dates, she's mentioning bills she has to pay or asking for cash apps. <laughs> yes, this is happening. OK. And. What I explained, explained to some of these men is that the unfortunate reality is that, and I don't want anyone to internalize this personally, but their, own, their, their value of you is in those things that they pursue so heavily, all right? And so if a woman really likes a man, she's very cautious about how she handles money with him mm. as far as asking for it, expecting things from him, because she doesn't want him to feel like she's only after money, all right? Mm. You become more concerned when you're really into that person. Well, the same thing happens with men in sex. When a man really likes a woman, he's more concerned about how she perceives his pursuit of it. So he's going to be more careful. He's going to be more willing to be patient. If she says, I want to wait some, a little bit, he's going to be like, cool, because the last thing he wants to do is to make you think that's all he's here for. But the guy who only wants sex is going to complain, mm -hmm. is going to pressure, is going to ghost you because you don't want to have You see, he's going to show you because that's where he put his value for you. Now, he may go to the next woman and be patient with her because it's going to be contingent on the individual. Mm -hmm. And again, it doesn't mean you are not a great woman. So I don't want a woman who hears this to think, well, if he was rushing to have sex, that means I don't bring that into No, no, no. Not. You could be amazing. Yes. But that doesn't mean you're the right woman for him. His, he, he's not wired to see your value. He's not built to handle your value. Oh, that's a nice way of putting All it. All he can see is what he wants from you sexually. All right? So once you understand that, it's so much easier. So back to the main point, I think women should focus on it's not the pursuit. Because one quick story, and then we'll move to the other angle of this. I had another client who said she went on this amazing date. Everything was going well. I think they went out to dinner. They went out for a walk. She invites him to back to her house for coffee. All right. This is late at night. I forget. She's in a different country. So it's nighttime. They go back for coffee. They sit on the couch. They start kissing. She's willfully kissing this man. So now in kissing, he attempts to push it further for sex. She gets offended. She goes off on him, kicks him out the house, doesn't want to see him again. And then she's hitting me up saying, why are men all about sex? And I'm like, but wait a minute. All he did was attempt and he attempted it because if I'm that man, plenty of men would assume 
that you inviting him back to the house, you inviting him back late at night, you willfully kissing and being intimate with him could be a sign of, yes, let's go further. And what women don't understand is, it's so crazy the things that women don't realize are going on. There have been millions of men who have been told they missed out because they didn't try. Oh. Yes, all right? And not just missed out on having sex, missed out on anything proceeding with this woman, mm. all right? I even remember me one time going out with, back like in college days, went out with a woman, took her out, didn't even try to kiss her. Again, my mentality was be super respectful, whatever, I don't wanna make her uncomfortable. Only to find out later that she was like, she was waiting for a kiss the whole time. Yeah, I've been on a date like that. I'm like, do you want freaking kiss me? It's a date. Exactly. And it's like, then afterwards, I'm like, well, he clearly doesn't even like me. So, and, and see, and this is this is <laughs> perfect. Uh, it ties into the, the the friend example who the guy did not pay because the last right, woman chewed him right, out. So right. you have this man. He may have tried to kiss the last woman, and she told him you're moving too fast. Now he's being slow, and now you're thinking he doesn't like me. And you see how confusing this gets. And that's why, to me, it's more about how people handle the aftermath, mm. how we handle the conversation afterwards, how we handle the rejection. That says more because the initial attempt could just be a misunderstanding. Mm. Now, going back to don't I have sex in the... I oh. just want to make sure that everyone that hears that, we're not obviously talking about anybody that pushes the boundaries, steps over the boundaries, abuses anybody. Yes. I want to make sure. I know that that's hopefully already assumed, but just in case yes. people get triggered. Good, very good point. So now in terms of don't have sex on the first date because he won't call you again. So I always believe that that advice is bad. Here's why. I, don't be I do believe it's best not to have sex on the first date. I believe telling a woman that the reason why not to is because he won't call you is the wrong approach. Because too many women have seen other women have sex on the first date and get the phone call later, all right? And because, listen, if the sex was great, he probably will come back. Doesn't mean he's seriously interested in you. It just means he wants to hold on to this great sex. The correct advice to me is don't have sex on the first date because you need time to evaluate what you're dealing with. Hmm. And doing it so soon can blind you. Sex can easily cloud your judgment. So forget him for a second. Forget his respect. Now listen, there are men out there who will not respect you or not call you if you have sex with them too soon. There are tons of other men who don't care. All right? So you never know what you're going to get. So to me, worrying about what the man's perception is, is pointless. Think about how you handled this. Can you properly evaluate this man if you have sex on the first date? Are you gonna be okay if you have sex on the first date and he doesn't call you the next day? See, for me, and this is aside from any spiritual beliefs, because again, we can talk about waiting until marriage, but I understand that most people aren't waiting yeah, that long. Yeah, assuming it's not a, a exactly. religious reason or... Yes. Yeah, thank you. So I always say, don't have sex for a woman until you are comfortable with what happens next. Mm. All right? Because some women are not having sex out of their own desire for it. They're doing it because I want him to like me. I want this to move forward. You know, I I'm just enjoying this moment so much. I don't want to mess this up. Let's just go with this flow. They're not truly comfortable. And what a lot of women don't realize is this can backfire in multiple ways. One, again, you had sex with him too soon before you realized he was not serious about you, all right? And now it doesn't proceed as anything else, and now you feel cheated and used, mm -hmm. all right? Also, I want to be very sensitive with how I say this because somebody mentioned to me that some women might take this to heart too much. If you have sex on the first date, 
or any time, at any point, the sex now comes into the equation in evaluating if I want to deal with you. Mm. If you as a woman are not truly comfortable yet, your performance won't be as great as you think it will be. Now, this whole thing can be derailed by a misunderstanding sexually. Mm. So think about it like this, Even, and it happens with men too. If a man, let's say, is very anxious to have sex with this woman, and he does it before he's gathered himself properly, and now he's one minute in and it's done, <laughs> right? So the quality is horrible. And now he's this great guy, but she's like, man, this sex is so bad, I don't want to move forward. But sex is something that you can learn to be better at. Mm -hmm. This idea, and that's the other reason why this whole sexual chemistry thing is a little, it's misguided in certain aspects. And that's why connection to me is the foundation to it all. Because as long as there's connection, we can work this out. If there's no connection, then you're right. The sex may just be you don't align with each other. But the point I'm going to make is that in moving too fast and going too soon, if we're not comfortable and confident in that experience, we may have a bad experience. And now our ability to come together is derailed because we're holding on to the fact that the sex wasn't that great. And in today's society, a lot of people don't want to work on trying to learn each other. And again, if we don't have a connection yet, we don't have the desire to want to push past this. Mm. Now, I will say there are tons of women who get with a man even when the sex is bad. It's one of those things that's happening a lot. All right. I've had women who were in relationships for two, three years. Man swore he was doing it big in the bedroom. And the whole time she never had an orgasm with him. Nothing. It wasn't that great, but she didn't want to pass up a great guy. And she wasn't communicating with him, so she was just kind of staying quiet about Exactly, this. exactly. And so that's another problem with sex very soon. Have you established the ability to communicate about things? Because if you have sex too soon, it's not that great. But you're afraid to mess this situation up. You figure, I'm not going to make any complaints. I'm not going to say anything. But now you have to bite your tongue for date three, date four. Now we're months into the years, and you've never told them the truth. And now you feel like you can't. And so now, even though you're holding on to this great guy, the sex is bad. And without great sex, we are severely hindering this relationship and the potential for success. It, it will fall apart. Bottom line is, if the sex isn't good, it's going to fall apart at some point. All right? All that because you jump too fast mm -hmm. without establishing certain foundational principles needed for long-term success. Now, if you're just trying to have a casual relationship, this is a whole different story. Right. But if you're trying to have something real, something sustainable, it is best to wait. But I just think the whole, he won't call you, that's not, that's not the way we should be looking at it. Mm. Yeah, I love the way you broke it down. And I think for me, it was in that moment, I had seen it my first day with my husband, it was going to be a summer fling. I had to go back to England. He was American. It's not like I actually thought my <laughs> life would end up the way it was or the way it has been. Um, and so to me, it was a fling. But I was like, I really want to kind of like just hang out for the next couple of weeks, have a lot of fun. I was like, well, but I was very attracted to him. And so the only reason why, if I'm going to be honest, the only reason why I didn't sleep with him on the first date is because I was worried that I wouldn't see me on the second date. It wasn't that I didn't want to. I was extremely sexually attracted mm -hmm. to him. So I made the decision based on the fear that I'd been told would happen that you're saying is actually false. Exactly. But here's the thing. I remember someone said to me one time, Plenty of men have not gotten with a woman because she had sex with him too soon. But I've never heard of a man not being with a woman who waited to have sex with him. If he's really into you, if he had to wait three months and everything's great, he's not walking away because, oh, well, she made me wait three months, so I'm gone now. If he walks away, he was never really that into you and it was never going to go anywhere. Mm. All right? But 
basically what I'm really trying to get at is you're still safer waiting. Right. You're less likely to be penalized by waiting. You're more likely to be penalized by moving too fast. I've even seen examples of, here's the other thing that women don't consider, but again, I don't want this to be a reason why she doesn't do it because going back to your, your experience, you see, you are worried about he won't see me again tomorrow. Mm. I'm still okay with that because again, that means you were not ready to have sex yet because God forbid if he didn't see you tomorrow, then you would have been heartbroken. Yeah. All right. Yeah. I would rather you be at a point where it's like, okay, you know what? So go, rewinding back to where you thought it was going to be a fling. If you went into it saying, I just want to have some fun. I'm attracted to this guy. I just want to do it. Whatever happens, happens. Cool. Do your thing. Because now, if it doesn't progress, you don't feel like you're robbed. Mm. You, so, so basically, the woman should do it when it's about the experience itself, mm. not what surrounds the experience. Once you start attaching things to it, now you muddy up the situation. And now if this man doesn't meet whatever your expectations were, you feel cheated and used. Same thing happens with men and money. When a man spends a lot of money on a woman so fast trying to impress her and it doesn't turn into anything, he feels like, I got used. But he doesn't complain if the sex happens too fast. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he doesn't feel used that way. <laughs> it's so interesting, though, that we both, we, both sides have that thing. Yes, it's just different. Yeah. For women, it is typically sex. For men, it is typically money. And so, yeah, I think that, you know, again, with, with waiting, it's just a matter of doing what's best for you what you can handle. Also being honest with yourself. If you're a woman that knows you get very attached after having sex, it, you should think twice about having sex too soon. You, you would want to establish, okay, do we have a relationship here? Like to me, that's the woman that should wait to at least a relationship is official because again, do you want to become attached to a man who's never going to be with you? Mm. This is where it becomes a problem. But it's about being honest with yourself. Some women can handle it. Some women can't. It's like dating multiple men. Some women can handle dating multiple men at the same time and still navigate it with no problem, evaluate each man efficiently, she's good. Other women get overwhelmed by that. It's too much, it's distracting, they can't fully get into it, so they shouldn't do it. Mm -hmm. So when society says, just date as many men as you want to, no, date as many men as you can handle. Mm -hmm. Have sex when you can handle it, you see? So that you know that you can be okay no matter what happens in this situation. Stefan, I literally could talk to you for hours, dude. Like, this is so amazing. And, you know, ending on that, I actually think is really beautiful. Um, so thank you so much for coming My on. My pleasure. My Where pleasure. can people find you and everything you're doing? They can find me, social media, anywhere, Stefan Speaks. My YouTube, specifically, at Stefan Speaks, S-T-E-P-H-A-N Speaks. Yeah, guys, guys, <laughs> go check it out. Go check out his YouTube. He is so amazing. His advice is just straightforward, and that's why I love him. That's why I wanted him on this show, to give us some just straightforward answers so that we can take it, take our power, and go into any relationship knowing that we've got our own backs and that we can be strong in that relationship. Guys, if you're not following me, follow me at Lisa Billiou. And if this episode brought you value, please do share, like, and then click that subscribe button down there. And until next time, guys, be the hero of your own life. Peace. <laughs>